pretend for the duration of the film to being Gandalf the Wizard. I am not, in fact, Gandalf the Wizard. You're confused. If I were to draw a graph of my process, it would look like this. Here is the axis. Sir Ian, Sir Ian, Sir Ian. Action. Gandalf the Wizard. You shall not pass. Cut. Sir Ian, Sir Ian. You see, acting is a process of illusion. It's really hard to find that clip. But it's you on, sent like, it to me. Live leak. Yeah, I think I've got it in my Alfred. Because I, I think it's. Oh, yeah, there it so is. So it, it's amongst the best acting I've ever seen. And I was talking to someone about it. Thought, I'll Google it. It'll still be on YouTube. Went on YouTube, not on YouTube. Went on, like, I don't know. I found myself on some weird streaming website that had like a bit of the clip, but not that, not that scene. And then I thought, I know who'll have it. And lo and behold, lo and behold, it was in this mega library. <laughs> well, it's the only, one of the only scenes that Ian McKellen cracked up yeah. while recording. It, it, no, it is. It. I think I might have told you that. Yeah. Just want to make sure I get credit. <laughs> yeah, because in the process of finding the clip, I saw an interview with him about the clip where he said that's the only time he's ever, what's it called? There's a term in acting for it when you're laughing, you're not supposed to. Can't remember. Corpsing. That's exactly what it is. Fantastic. Thank you. You've saved me for the, the rest of this podcast. You've saved me the heartache of, what yeah. was it? Well, what it's important because it? otherwise we'd be operating on... 80% Johnny, because 20% of Johnny would be still searching the mind bank for that word. I mean, maybe, you know, what's to say I'm anywhere near 100% as it is? So just a quick life hack, speaking of the, the Alfred library and how, did you notice if you were listening there, I, I found that link within five seconds. If you have the Alfred power pack, which costs 20 quid, so just get it. It's a one-off purchase. If you don't have it, you're you're an absolute willy you can save all of your browser bookmarks and just start typing the words. So if you have client spreadsheets, if you have common pages that you want to visit and access, save them all into your browser bookmarks and then you can access any of them within two keystrokes. And files in your laptop as well, not just bookmarks. Just anything. Anything. And you can Google things. You can send messages. It's really good. I resisted that for a long time, but it's uh, it's nice. So currently I'm resisting the new, the T2000 of Alfred, which is Raycast. This is an independent team who have set up what looks like a very, it's basically if Alfred went to some kind of Ivy League university and then worked in Silicon Valley. That's what this would be. Or yeah. That, that's what this is. It's what Alfred could, could become. Why are you resisting it? It's just not... It, you, you can see its trajectory. I think in two years' time, it'll overtake Alfred and it'll be far better. But currently, it's not It's not quite... Like, if you migrated now, you'd, you'd miss a few of your beloved workflows. What do you, so t- two questions. One, what do you think the current active users are of Alfred? How many? And how many of them do you think are driven to Alfred by you? Like, how niche is Alfred? <laughs> I wish they had an affiliate scheme, but, like, so they're probably not. the biggest biggest promoter. Yeah, they, they're one of these companies that are just doing it for the love of code. Doing and it for the tech, man. Yeah, yeah, I don't need profit. Profit's bad. I mean, it's not a subscription service, and I would happily pay five-figure sums monthly. <laughs> so £10,000 a month. Would you pay £200 a month? If Alfred were like, Al, what was that thing? There was that plugin, wasn't there, that we had on the website that went from being, it was like free, 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 thousand pounds a month. It was more, it was like four grand. What What was it? It, it was a search bar. That was it, to so- search all the articles. Yeah, because it, so, it had that live live search feature. That was it, and the articles like populated beneath. So Alfred <laughs> is it was 20 quid one off, and they're like, look, we're going to keep doing this, keep doing this, same as what Mail Butler did to you. Do you remember that? Awful. Yeah. They and then Alfred come out and go, rug pull. now, yeah, it's the rug pull. Now it's £350 a month. You can't pay, you can't do that, surely. So then I'd have to go to Raycast, <laughs> just reluctantly, tail between my legs. The, hi, hi guys. 
Hi, yeah, it's so, me. <laughs> second question. What what percentage of your day is spent like the heads the headspace part is spent thinking about this sort of thing? That's a good question because on, on like an average Thursday. So, I actually made a little hat tip to that in my recent review of the Keychron K2 keyboard. Basically talking about, and the, the, the reason I actually did the review, because as you know, if you're listening to us, we're not like tech reviewer people. We're not that big on hardware, apart from having a MacBook. That's, that's as far as we go. But you search online for mechanical keyboard and all you get is videos and videos of keyboard perverts people that are like hey so i just bought the keychron k2 and i'm comparing it to how it compares to the k6 and the k8 and i've also got the c1 and the c3 and you're like you're looking at them and they all look the same to me but it's because they've got different force curves of how the key comes up as you respond to the the thing and if you switch out the the blue one it's got a more clacky feel and you're like just tell me are they like gamers or something? Like, why Why does that matter? I kind of get it if, like, you're making an income from playing a game and the way the keyboard interacts, like, affects your, like, reaction time or whatever. But if it's just typing, surely that it doesn't matter that much? Or is it just, yeah, just like, for the love of it, just because they I really like... I think it's that in, in many areas, including fitness and many hobbies, you get these pockets of perverts where they get really into the gear and mm. they... they have no idea. Well, yeah, they're just fanatics. And so I think the the overarching question and the way to make sense of all of the noise in any area is just what problem are you trying to solve? Will this keyboard improve my overall output? And if so, fine, just pick one. Don't worry about all the, the subtle details. Like genuinely, 20-minute video of this woman comparing her 10 favorite Keychron keyboards, and she's got loads of other brands as well, so she must have hundreds, and she was saying, like, the difference between one of the, the two main brands with the aluminium bezel is that one of them has five of these little rubber feet on the bottom and the other one has four. It's the thing that you, you and I used to speak about a lot. So when you used to fight to get me to use Alfred, I'd be like, yeah, but it's all about what you do, not how, how long it takes you. You know, I'd rather spend all day doing the most important task than get to a unimportant task very very quickly but it, I think it, much, it requires yeah. both doesn't it it's a combination of effectiveness what you do and efficiency but it's an important thing to be aware of because there you do get people trying to hack their sleep and they're sleeping six hours a night yeah. or people trying to speed read but they're spending 10 minutes a day reading like just do more of the thing don't worry about even if you were 20% slower which is you know that's a big margin for reading speed mm. but you spent half an hour doing it rather than 10 minutes or it's it's speed reading while reading a book that that it'd be they'd be all right not reading in the first place like it's more i think it's more system level than that it's yeah, like the, I mean, that's a... <laughs> yeah but but I, th I think that that is it though isn't it like it's the person who has alfred set up and all the efficiency stuff on their keyboard but they spend all day doing something that they could have outsourced for ten dollars an hour you're like that's the thing that's that's honestly heartbreaking. So I, I actually have a Reddit. <laughs> I have a, a quote that I thought we could quickly discuss at the start, um, which I actually sent you, which I read at the weekend. Someone emailed oh, to yeah. me. Do you remember? It's kind of related to this. Um, so, and I'm going to butcher the pronunciation of his name. I think it's Peter Akias. He has he does courses on OmniFocus and things. Doesn't do one on tick tick weirdly, but I think he only mm. does one on the, the proper task managers. But not on the um, inferior task management. Not on the inferior systems. <laughs> you said that was your words, not mine. Um, but there was a quote which is I've been busy with work, so I haven't had time to organize my tasks. It's the wrong way around. The busier you feel, the more important it is to take stock and to prioritize. If you have five tasks and you randomly do two of them today, there is a forty percent chance that you completed the most important task. If you have fifty tasks and you randomly do two of them today, there is a 4% chance that you completed your most important tasks. The more work you have, the more benefit from using a task manager, making sure all your tasks are in order, organizing them and deliberately choosing what to work on next. I read that and it was like, it was just like being flicked in the nose when I read it. Yeah, it's a very triggering. <laughs> or right on the earlobe. 
you know, on just, a cold day. Yeah, on a cold on a cold morning, before I've had my coffee. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's the Dalai Lama quote of you should meditate for half an hour a day, or if you don't have time, you should meditate for an hour. <laughs> Here's an additional question that I thought of just before we pressed record: If you and I were forced to meditate for two hours a day from today do you think and i should caveat this it has to be during hours that you would otherwise have been working okay so okay. <laughs> i think you can see what's coming these are great questions i can already so, feel it feel the palpable resistance so yeah. do you think the revenue of the business would go up or down oh and i suppose as a follow-on question for that let's like can you plot out the curve so what is the dose response relationship yeah do you mean like if is the gap between one to two hours two to three hours three to four yeah, hours because I mean, at some I, point I, all you're doing is meditating yeah you'd have to run multiple split tests where you have a hundred people and you've got the guy in, <laughs> in position number one who meditates for 10 seconds in the morning and then you've got the guy in position 100 who has 10 seconds of work and the rest is meditating. It's. I think Shinzen Young says something like the difference, like the meditation difference between naught and ten, is insane. Like the benefit you get from doing ten versus doing zero, what? and then ten hours, ten minutes, ten right? Minutes. So his his thing is like you always have ten minutes. Like you never, you can ne nobody can ever find a legitimate justification for not having ten minutes in their day because you mm -hmm. just wake up ten minutes earlier or go to bed ten minutes later. But yeah, you're right. Like between 10 minutes and let's say <laughs> three hours it's it's so funny because when when you hear people like shinzen gary weber daniel ingram like talking about meditation it's not very motivational it's quite like it just makes yeah. you feel like a twat so so gary weber says there's a runner's high type phenomenon that kicks in at 35 minutes and prior to that you're just letting your your mind spin down to a stop so if you stopped at 35 minutes, you're wasting your time. It's like anything less than 35 minutes is just a wait. And then there's another guy, Michael Langdon, who just says, if you're not doing two hours a day, then you're not really serious. Like he's like the whole, <laughs> that's because his book is called The Most Rapid Means to Eternal Bliss or something. And it's like, it's written in a series of bullet points. And it just says like, okay, if you're really sold on this, this is the solution to end all human suffering and achieve the ultimate happiness that you've been seeking all your life. And so if you're spending less than two hours a day doing that, then you're more obviously you, yeah, mm. you, you're just a poser. <laughs> yeah. What I wrestle with is like, there's the, there's the root of like, okay, what, why do like, why do we care about the business revenue? Why do we care about any of the things that we do? That's just a path to like achieve happiness and end suffering. But that is still fundamentally like, as far as I'm aware, the game that I, that I have to play every day. So if I'm going to take hours out of that to almost try and bypass that system to achieve mm. it in another way, I have to be really sold on it. The, yeah, it's applying the five whys, isn't it? Like, why are you doing your business? So that mm. I can make money. Yeah. Why? So I can get free time. Why? So I can enjoy my life. Oh, yeah. so I can be oh, happy. Well, yeah. So and also back to the question. Let's, well, so I've yeah. defined the parameters. So it's two hours. So you can't run split tests. Okay. You wake up tomorrow, there's a man in your room, there's a man in my room. Mm -hmm. He gives you the phone, he says, you've got to ring Johnny. And you ring me and I answer. I say, is there a man in your room? You go, yeah. I'm like, all right, there's a man in my room as well. And then... Is he wearing a coat? Has he got a gun? Exactly. Yes, yes to all. And then he mm -hmm. forces you to make that decision. I think it would, and... It would what? The, go up or down? Go it would up. go up. So based on the... At the end of the 10-day retreats, they tell you, you've probably heard us talk about this in the past of the, the teacher at the front who's like focus on the tip of the nostril <laughs> he would just say when you go home your homework is just meditate two hours a day because you'll sleep an hour less and you're an hour more productive and you're like ah well there goes my excuses is the sleep so, thing legit do you think like from a like a medical perspective, is that legit? Like it, it feels wrong to me. That yeah, I've seen little bits of data about it, but nothing. I think from a science perspective, I've not seen something that's conclusive. 
but from seeing experienced meditators they do sleep less and it kind of makes sense because it's sleep it achieves part of the benefit yeah right. so yeah i i think i would hedge go up because you'd think clearer you'd make better decisions you'd be less distracted less then, emotionally reactive to things yeah i mean all of Calm those enough. are really big challenges in Very being self-employed yeah. aren't they <laughs> so then i mean the the final question is like why don't we do that then because i'm a absolute willy like it you know i i don't meditate as much as i know that i should and it's it's ridiculous like knowing that it's i think i know the answer why i don't do it it's hard (laughs) and honestly it's a bit scary but it's it's hard like it's not like you spend the rest of your time just eating candy floss and watching netflix (laughs) i do other hard things (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's a very good point <laughs> I, I like totally i know i know i'll go do something else that's way harder and really emotionally triggering <laughs> i'll go and like pour over some google sheets and yeah run youtube ads but I, I will sit to do 20 minutes 30 minutes and i'll i'll procrastinate on it because I, and i don't even know why but like you sit there and you're like oh god i'm gonna sit and close my eyes and and fundamentally as close to do nothing as, like, it's the closest to doing nothing of anything all day, really. Sit physically still, eventually mentally calm and quiet, but I still find it intimidating. So that's why I don't do two, two hours. The mind just knows, like, that there's a, you know, the Space Odyssey 2000, where Halcyon, like, they try and dismantle Halcyon, the computer. It, it, I haven't it's aware seen the film, of that it's happening. Yeah, and it's saying, oh, don't do that. And it tries to rationalize and stop you from doing it. The mind is kind of like that. Like it knows that meditating is eventually unpicking the the wires and undoing the illusion of the mind. And so if you continue on that path, it's going to die. And so it has to come up with reasons why you shouldn't sit on a cushion for 20 minutes. Mint. Great. Well, that's good to know. <laughs> I'm glad we settled that one. Welcome to the Great Online Fitness Welcome Business back. Podcast. Welcome back. <laughs> Yeah. So we we have some nihilism today. To um, which a couple of you guys have sent us. We, we've actually received this from multiple directions, and I think it it warrants us watching this. So what I'm going to do. So just to clarify, I have not seen this before. So Yusuf's reaction is fake, but mine is real. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. So if Yusuf's so, like, <gasps> ooh, oh my god. Ah. We'll have the the thumbnail that's both looking really shocked. So this is a guy called the Liver King. And just just to give you a kind of background of who he is, his name is Brian Johnson, not the two Brian Johnsons that we know. (laughs) And he is an ancestral living advocate. He is in partnership with a guy called Carnivore MD 2.0 who is a medical doctor in the States who promotes carnivore lifestyle and has a supplement company. And basically he claims that his physique comes from ancestral living. And that's that's his main kind of shtick. So I'm going to leave it at that and just show you a couple of videos of him. I think I, I, I've got a, f- a feeling of what's what's coming, but we'll see. Liver King here with Liver Queen and Liver Boys. This is what we're having for our family dinner today. We got a pound of some raw tartare. It's fresh ground ribeye. We got lots of carbs. We have potatoes. We have a, a probably a pound of rice. We have liver, of course, with breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We have bone marrow, Liver King concoction. We have some vegetables. That is a joke. And we have protein shake. This is what Liver King family have for dinner today. Cheers, guys. Cheers. And then the second video. Liver King here. We are in Times Square. We are in New York City. It is my train. We like days to train my various. In the days of the week, don't train. Okay. I mean, my head is spinning. I've got, I've got so much to say about this, but I'm so many I'm questions. Keen, yeah, 
I'm keen to hear your initial thoughts. I ju- it's just like a... So I suppose we, we have the background of, of like the fitness industry before everybody actually knew what was going on. So like in the fitness industry, when you'd read an article on bodybuilding.com or T Nation and people would make claims like, like I, I can remember reading an article from, or hearing a quote from Charles Poliquin, which obviously is now dead, which is very sad, but I'm not gonna, not gonna make fun of him. But the article was saying, um, talking about like avocados or qualities of certain foods in certain parts of the world and how when he ate an avocado from, I can't even remember where it was. Like when he, he ate a certain avocado, like a Bulgarian yeah, I think one. That, that he went he went to visit family in a in a farm in France or some, something like that mm-hmm. and gained 14 pounds of muscle from yeah. Yeah. eating the avocados in that region. Versus like the avocados that he got in the US that were, you know, the way it was produced or, or whatever that meant that he was gaining gaining fat and losing muscle mass. So like these sorts of claims like not as not as specific as what the liver king is is arguing i suppose but these sorts of claims like used to actually be like weirdly quite common and and like t nation for example used to sell an entire supplement line that was that was built around the idea that if you had their protein powder with their like amino acid structure it would add muscle faster than if you just had normal whey or normal protein from other sources so um i think if this i think if this guy had made those claims back then it would have just like washed into the background <laughs> because it's kind of cyclical that these things i think so yeah yeah he's he's marketed it in a in a better way and because it's such a such an extreme claim you know i only eat raw organ meat and the the vegetables thing was was a joke. Like he sat with his family and he says, "Oh, I've got a pot of vegetables." Ha ha, just kidding. Mm. Like, okay, strange joke commit to make, but mm. okay. So, the the I mean, the elephant in the room is his physique. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So, if you didn't know anything about his diet, anything about his training, and you saw a photo of him, you would assume that's not natural, wouldn't you? I think that's fair to say. I, I, I think it goes beyond assume. I would be able, I'd be willing to put big money behind it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So there's two possible scenarios then really with his claim. One of them is that the, his ancestral way of life has unlocked something that no one's ever been able to do before in terms of human physique and performance and the way, the way you can eventually look, which I suppose is what he's claiming. The second is that it's just anabolic steroids and other things that have got into that stage. And which is more likely, you know, there's this assumption that the paleolithic man was jacked and tan and shredded and optimal cognitive performance and just all, it's like, where have people got this from? Like, it's just because Mm. it's totally unprovable that you can make any of these, (laughs) any of these claims. And then there's also that if hypothetically this guy was, running large amounts of anabolic steroids hypothetically speaking then one would be able to get away with a lot more wiggle room a lot more diet and training mistakes because the steroids carry you and this is another myth of steroids that people will say oh but you still have to train hard you still have to put in the work we've seen the study where they had four groups of people and it's the most damning study i mm. think you, you know probably know the one i'm talking about mm-hmm. <laughs> training and steroids training and no steroids no training and no steroids no training and steroids the people who didn't train but took the steroids gained more muscle and lost more fat than the ones who didn't take the steroids but trained over 10 weeks it's like that study of the, that you said about the people who trained calves and didn't train calves <laughs> depressing isn't it is it that both of them gained no muscle <laughs> i mean the one who trained like four times a week calves with quite high volume and then there was, it, i think there was like the three groups it's the pain it's of training calves as well like it's not it's not like that's a passive thing that you can just sort of do while you're watching tv like that is a fairly like unpleasant like the doms for days it, it impacts the lactic walking. acid yeah it's 
it's but not yeah. a nice muscle but to train. Back to your point, like you're better off just sitting and doing nothing and taking steroids than you are doing training naturally over a 10 week period. If the goal is fat loss and muscle gain concurrently. I'm, I'm not denying that this guy obviously looks after his training and his diet. You don't, you don't get to that size without mm. doing some stuff right. Mm-hmm. But it's without mentioning that having the kind of elephant in the room, you're going to put across a very, a very different picture of what's possible, what's achievable. There's a guy actually on <laughs> fair play to him. He, he said, right, I'm going to try and eat like the liver king for a week. And he was a, he's some kind of power lifter and he did it in a kind of tongue in cheek way. And he was like, right, here we go. So he's out in the woods and he's just eating like a raw beef heart. That's like dripping with blood. And he's just oh like, my God. like choking it down. And then like, he's just filming himself in the mornings, like morning guys. So my breakfast today is this jar of raw liver. And it's just like this slop in a, in a bowl. And he's just, and you can see him like always retching and stuff. And by the end of the week, he's like, so how do I feel? pretty unwell actually (laughs) i've got so much time for people who like go to that go to those lengths for content like he's happy to just wreck a week of his life just (laughs) to make a video but i think like if you look at well what what could be happening like what could the possible explanation be he's almost saying that the like the availability of the protein and the fat that he's eating is so so superior to the to the protein the fat that somebody who isn't eating like raw animal flesh is getting because it's still just calories right like it's still just energy and protein intake combined with training and a lifestyle and i suppose there's also like micronutrition and, and other things in there as well but there's a but pretty I've not got significant as much of, like in my medical opinion I'm, i've not got this kind of stiffy for micronutrition that a lot of the nutrition guys have because once you filled up your stores, most of the time, like... Don't get extra credit. Yeah, you can't super load on some of this stuff and get super physiological benefits. The only thing you do, interestingly, get super physiological benefits from, as an excess of, is testosterone. Funny that, eh? Mm. Funny that. <laughs> I really like asking you questions about, like... So I'll 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 feel myself being being marketed to in the marketing working like i'll feel myself being convinced that i need to have like a a salt tablet in my water in the morning because i'm not i'm not absorbing my water otherwise and that i'm dehydrated and i don't get enough salt for my food because aubrey marcus has done a really dodgy attempt at writing about cholesterol in this book and then yeah (laughs) i mean exactly so i'm like fuck like maybe the reason that i felt tired this morning isn't the fact that I got six hours last night. Maybe it's, I don't, I'm not having salt in the water, in my water in the morning. So I'll ask Yusuf and he just tells me it's largely bullshit. <laughs> I mean, there's always the chance that if we started eating raw lamb hearts and goat rectum this week, that we would get huge. But I just feel like it's unlikely, isn't it? Uh, it feels unlikely. Yeah. It's not something I would bet on. It would rattle I, I think... my understanding of the world, to be honest. So the, uh, the the extra question is, would you do it if it did work? Like, what would the results have to be for you to be like, right, that's it. I'm doing away with all the food that I enjoy and I'm going to eat like this liver king guy. I think it's, it's the fact that it has to be raw. Yeah. Like, because I'd, you know, organ meats are actually nice enough if you cook them properly and spice them. And you know, most things are nice if you fry it with garlic, aren't they? It's <laughs> so. still not, but it's not like it's not like really nice, though, is it? It's not like oh, that's delicious. That's the nicest thing I've ever had. It's like yeah. yeah, that's that's nice if you have it with something. And as you say, it's like seasoned and flavored and part of a meal. Nice. Have you ever been to those Brazilian steakhouses where they they give you? Mm-hmm slices of stuff and sometimes they come around with the chicken hearts and it's a nice break as part of the the meal but if you came in and it was just chicken hearts and they were raw and they were raw and unflavored (laughs) and unspiced and you'd had them for breakfast as well Mm -hmm. and raw liver is the worst one to be honest because it's it's the texture yeah i mean i've never had it raw but i can imagine i imagine it it doesn't taste like a crispy cream donut put it that way 
So what it reminds me of is, have you ever, I don't know if you would have done this, but have you ever seen a blood clot or congealed blood like as yep. a, as a thing? Mm-hmm. And it's this like red jelly that's a bit horrible and stinks a bit. And it's just kind of like that. Just like, that. So, but back to the question though, <laughs> what would I do it? Like, yeah. let's say 12 weeks, 12 weeks. You've got to do it for 12 weeks. What results would you need? Like, are we I'd talking? I'd have to end up looking like Liver King. But would you want to look like that, really? I suppose there's a lot of novelty attached to it, isn't there? I suppose eight weeks in, if you're like, whoa, I'm getting, I'm actually getting yeah, too big a, for the first time in human problem, history. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, I'm too muscular and too vascular. Yeah. Would you keep taking creatine? Do you take creatine? <laughs> He, he probably gets enough, to be honest. But do do you meat. presently take creatine? I do, yeah. Would you continue? If I was eating raw meat? Mm-hmm. No, because I think if, you, if you're eating kilograms of meat, you don't, you don't need to, yeah, do you? The, the five little tablets that you have in the morning for my protein kind of like... <laughs> it's sort of pissing <laughs> in the wind. Yeah. So the, the thing that I... The, the issue that I have as well with these both of these videos, we can just go back to them for a second because... Look at the family dynamic. Liver King here, when Liver Queen, and Liver Boys. <laughs> this is what we're having for our family dinner today. We got a pound of yeah. some raw tartare. It's fresh ground ribeye. We got lots of carbs. We have potatoes. We have a, a probably a pound of rice. Oh, we so have eat potatoes. Liver, of course, with breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We have bone marrow. Liver King concoction. So he's having beef. We have some vegetables. Raw beef. That is a joke. And potatoes. And we have protein shake. Does he cook the potatoes? This is what Liver King family have for dinner today. I think he cooks the potatoes. You wouldn't want that raw. But it's the the awkwardness in the f- mm. on the family dinner table. Oh, for fuck's sake, Dad, man. Oh, here he goes again. again like liver boys, liver wife, <laughs> liver queen. Yeah. And then. And then and the days of the week don't train. It's my day to train, barbarian. And the days of the week don't train. Here I am dragging a sledge, scraping along in the centre of New York. It's all... Carrying two kettlebells. Like, yeah, okay, you've, you've got to do stuff for social media to, to make, a, make a fuss. And, and it's clearly working. So maybe we're just the haters because... We haven't got as many followers as he has. Um, that's, well, that's exactly what we are. It doesn't mean we're wrong. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't mean he's right and we're wrong. Because I think it, like the problem, the the core issue is like the, what is he trying to do? Like, is he trying to make other people do this? If it's purely for entertainment, that's fine. Like if it's purely like, it's I do this man. because it's funny and it, it's the videos are entertaining, but don't, don't follow what I do. I don't, I don't mind that at all. But if it's like, this is the way to do it, follow me, mm. then there's an issue, I think. There's a few people like this, a few influencers where you see them and you think, do you know what? Maybe they're actually a pretty normal guy and they're having a bit of a laugh and they're just playing a character for the camera. Mm. I don't get that impression with him. No, it seems like there's an agenda. <laughs> when you see him being interviewed and, and also even the fact that that's a dinner table. Who's filming? Have they got a videographer in to film their family and, and dinner? And is he going to cook his beef? Or she? Or they? Is they going to eat some liver as well? <laughs> he didn't actually have liver, did he? It was, he it had was a, beef. A, a jar of liver and then minced beef. With some egg yolks potatoes. and Yeah. Oh, egg yolks as well. Have you ever had steak tartare? It's quite nice. I, lo- I love it. But yeah. I don't leave the restaurant thinking. Gain an inch or two more. Yeah. Nor would I. Yeah. It's also whenever I'm eating something like steak tartare or even a very rare steak, it's lovely. And I I do enjoy my meat rare, but you you come away being like, oh, there's a chance that I've now got some kind of parasite laying eggs in my brain now. Mm. There's just a... No, just a chance. So, <laughs> but it's okay if it's like once every two months when you eat in a restaurant where it happens to be on the menu. But yeah. if it's morning, noon, and night, seven days a week, because the days of the week don't train, then <laughs> great reference. I think the other public health announcement we should say is if you're going to try something like this, I mean, I wouldn't recommend. It. I don't see any advantage to it. Like 
cook your meat, but particularly don't have raw pork or raw chicken. Yep. And usually avoid raw fish. But then but the problem is that that now sounds like I'm condoning eating raw, raw, raw beef. lamb and beef organs, yeah, which I'm not. I think it's more that like you it is safer than the the other meats. It yeah. Like it, raw pork especially. Sa- and well and raw chicken. Like uh, it's safer to run across a train track than it is to run across a motorway. Or jump out of a plane without a parachute. Yeah. It's all a spectrum, isn't it? <laughs> I am glad that we put that to bed. Yeah, I feel I feel much better no yeah me too <laughs> like a weight has been lifted <laughs> so johnny yes yusuf would you rather have your entire t- entire life broadcast on tv this is quite um topical i suppose or live in a cave up a mountain not visited by anyone this is basically the meditation problem again isn't it it's the giant's ear waxy ear no, no. I mean, what were we talking about a minute ago? Like, it's the journey to happiness. So if you assume you're optimized for happiness and what you're doing, you think, mm-hmm. well, if I had my entire life broadcast on TV, and am I followed around as well? Was that part of it? Or am I just, there's just people following me, filming me all the time? So it doesn't say, as in you are... Followed by, like, there's cameras in your room, or, or do you mean, is there a videographer in the room yeah. with you? Yeah, like, Does what's, what's my experience? Well, I think it makes some difference. So that that's fascinating. You So you feel that there's a difference between if there's a man filming you compared to if there's a camera filming you without a man attached to it, but they're both being broadcast. This wasn't, the, not not to answer the question, but I do think that is a different experience. Surely you agree that is a different experience. I suppose, okay, you you can become numb to the fact that there's a camera and you're just like, you know what, it's being live streamed somewhere, but at least it's not immediately bothering me now. Yeah, because there's a person there and you'd be like, oh, do you want a cup of tea? Like, you know, it adds a dynamic, doesn't it? Like you can't just ignore it because it's, he's going to be, and you're like, oh, can you move out of the way? Versus like if there's just cameras in the room and you're being filmed, Mm. it's still the same output. That's, That's very, very good of you. I suppose well, like you're in the situation He's going to be with me on. forever, isn't he? Yeah, you may as well you may, yeah. make friends so with him. I think it benefits me to have a good relationship with them. But the, it would improve so, your ratings too. It would. So, But this is the problem, isn't it? Well, this is the like what I'm getting at. So like, I think you think, well, what's the benefit of that? Or like, how would that impact me? Well, the negative is everything you do, people are going to make fun of you. Like, you know, you'll, you'll get cancelled or, or whatever. Versus <laughs> like, well, you might leverage it and get fame and... Maybe you'll get sponsorship deals and maybe you'll but get free stuff. it makes sense stuff. to try and get cancelled as soon as you can. But you're still going to get filmed. So then you can't really, you're not really getting cancelled, is it? Well, you're getting cancelled. Like, like, you're just going to get loads of negative. Uh, okay. Like, it's just going to be an awful experience. It's. I think it's very difficult. Like, how how would you get as few viewers as possible? Because even if you were like, right, I'm just going to sit and meditate. Well, we talked about sitting and smiling a couple of weeks ago that became a smash hit. So even if you just say, I'm going to do the most boring thing and just sit on a cushion. I think it, gonna... would, it would depend whether it affects your, like the rest of your reality. So if you walked out of the house and you like, you couldn't go to the shops because everyone recognized you, then that also alters like your interaction with the world and other people. Because if you could just live a normal life, but it was all being broadcast, I think it's the quickest way to just getting like a basic income because you'll just sell sponsorship spots. Live your life normally. Do whatever you want. Like pick pick something to do that doesn't isn't at all attached to the income that you earn. Pick something to do for the rest of your life and think, well, I'll just sustain my life by like wearing a certain brand or saying a certain phrase every day. <laughs> Because yeah. it's just it's just the same as what YouTubers do, right? Like they just they make content and then monetize the traffic. Or or influencers, you do the same thing. But if you can't like go to a Brazilian steakhouse to have some chicken hearts because people if this is a segment, people are gonna be like, What the fuck? Like, why the fuck did he say that? But the um <laughs> if you know if you can't if you can't go to a restaurant or do anything without being recognized or papped by other people, then that would ruin it. And I'd I'd probably take the being in the caves. Difficult question. Yeah, it really is. I what think, would you pick? 
think probably the TV one. And you'd have to just accept that at the end of the day, like I don't do anything illegal or like particularly weird that is... I think people would disagree with the the weird. Well, I mean, the, the stuff that I do that's weird, I, I post it on YouTube. So I'm already that's comfortable true. with. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> like the, there's nothing behind the curtain that's more weird, luckily. So apart from, you know, obviously the, there's things like you you want to be able to have sex with your partner without it, without it being on TV, mm. but... Or like, buy a bag of carrots. Buy a bag, buy a bag of carrots, yeah. But you're, you're just going to be like Big Brother. Like people have sex on Big Brother, people watch it, people get over it. So <laughs> it would just force you to completely make peace with everything that, you know, maybe you don't like being watched when you have a poo. Well, that's for you to get over. You'd be, you'd probably become really at peace with yourself because you're forced to confront all of your fears and insecurities around being watched all the time. You say that though, but the, like I think fame creates a lot of mental health problems because people either learn to deal with it and learn to live with it, or it it destroys them. You'd have to just not read the comments, wouldn't you? Or but learn to live with them. Yeah, I guess this depends whether you're going by the are you profit optimizing, in which case do read the comments, look at what gets the most views and then, you know, get and sponsorship. Mm. I you thought you would pick be, be left on your own and never see anybody. I mean, that's a tempting prospect as well. Because <laughs> surely you would just... because I suppose, like, assuming your basic needs are met like food, warmth, water, shelter, all that sort of stuff. Like the question is like, what do you do with your time? You just have to meditate, wouldn't you? <laughs> I think that's the best, it's the best chance you'd have of f feeling happy. I just love that most of these questions always end in, well, you can just sit and meditate. You're stuck in the ear of a giant with earwax that's zero calories. Doesn't matter. Because I think I think the reason that we we default to that is both of us have this nagging thing in the back of our mind of like we probably should meditate more than we do, but we can't because of stories and life and all these other commitments. Finally, you've got. And if we we're in some open. fake scenario, like in a giant's ear in a cave, where there was nothing to do, that's when we do yeah. it. As well as dealing with like, you know, grieving, having never, you know, never going to see anybody again and, and your, all your life and all the things you work towards and all the structure that you built all suddenly doesn't matter anymore. But it's all, you know, thank God, because you, you can do two hours of meditation. Yeah. You'd probably default to doing more, to be honest, because most of yeah. your day would be like, well, I might as well meditate now because I've got nothing else Squeeze to do. Squeeze a bit more. <laughs> yeah. So... We have two quick topics to go through. I don't know how quick they really are, but the first one is, should we do the business segment or do you want to do the Q&A? Let's do the business segment. So this is about making the ship go faster. And this is actually something very topical that we've been wrestling with recently. And it's kind of a follow on from what Matt McLeod kindly asked us a few weeks ago. Um, kindly submitting it in the wrong format, Matt. Um. <laughs> well, it was the right format because it was a voice note, but it was in the wrong channel. Because I don't know whether anyone listening has noticed, but Yusuf is, is adamant that people must submit a question you via must. the correct channel in Otherwise voice Otherwise I'd be very upset. Um, so yes. he asked, how do you balance short and long-term business decisions how do you continue working on the business while also working in the business and with how great do you difficulty and lots of panic well that yeah that was basically the answer <laughs> and so the the next step is how do you make the ship go faster overall and this is the difference between you at the the helm of the ship directing the director steering the, the steering wheel i'm really good with my ship terminology here port and starboard or do you have to be at the rudder just like 
frantically paddling. So the, the difficulty that you're facing at any point is that you need to get leads, you need to close more sales, you need to deliver the product to your customers and they're all at the same time and they're on different parts of the ship. Meanwhile, you're dealing with leaks in the bottom of the ship and you're bailing water out and you're trying to fend off the crocodile with a, with a stick and you've got to split yourself into many directions at once. There's lots of dimensions to this analogy. It can, it can be quite tricky to navigate, I think, because like there's the, there's the... So I think like the speed of the boat is like what you're trying to make happen, right? Obviously in the right direction. And then you've got the water resistance of the boat against the boat makes the boat go slower or like the aerodynamics or the hydrodynamics oh yeah must be, must be of the boat and then you've got the engine size and then as you say you've got like things go wrong with the boat so leaks brakes needs maintaining needs cleaning someone needs to steer it all and all these things have to happen and at all at the same time you're trying to make it go faster and there's all these different compartments in the boat which is like your clients your coaching your leads your sales and the you have to assume that the goal of the person in the boat who owns the boat is to just make it go quicker, like generate more revenue, build a business, progress the progress what it is you're trying to do. That you, you are the pilot of the boat in this analogy. <laughs> the captain? I'm I'm making as much effort to get the, the terminology. <laughs> I think it's a captain. <laughs> the, the driver. The, the, the commodore. <laughs> and so, let, I mean, we, we can start with the fact that like what's the most immediate threat it's not actually making the boat go faster it's stopping it sinking so how do you stop it sinking well currently there's holes in the bottom these are leaks in your day these are threats to your business and what you're doing right now is you're running downstairs filling the bucket with water and chucking it off the side now you could do that all day and not get anything else done so that's something where you're like okay i need to actually just take my eye off the front of the boat for a second and f fill that gap. I've got some kind of polyfiller here that I'm going to have to <laughs> spray in there. Well, well, you get, yourself, get yourself a shipmate. Well, there can be a good mate as well. <laughs> that joke 101. <laughs> it's interesting that you think of the boat as being two levels. You said go downstairs. I'm like, what do you oh, mean? Interesting. In the sea. I, I think of well, it as being I, like a single level little dinghy. I suppose you're right. It, it starts off as a dinghy. It would start off as like a... A, sh uh, a raft. Yeah, what what do you call it? A um, uh, a raft. A not a paddle. The the with slats of wood and ah uh, a raft. <laughs> oh no, this is going to be like corpsing now. I, I think you it. mean a raft. Seriously, are you it sure is you a don't raft, mean? Okay. made from wood. a. Never mind. It's not relevant to the. But the goal the is analogy. to build a galleon, isn't it? Exactly. So. Okay. So we start off on our, anyway. So as you say, like you're dealing with, I think that's like maintenance, isn't it? So things are going to happen in the boat, like water's going to come in. So I think a pallet is what you would make the raft out of. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So oh, glad the, the, like it needs cleaning because I, I imagine like stuff will accumulate on the bow. The bow? Mm -hmm. the, the stern what's like the the bottom of the boat called oh the boot <laughs> do you mean the bonnet ironically we are drowning in this analogy aren't we it's terrible yeah <laughs> despite the fact that we have a boat we are managing to drown in it so there's, there's maintenance um which you could do yourself but as you say like as soon as you go and do it yourself you're that who's then steering the boat who's on the engine who's who's picking the direction who's doing all the other stuff so you need to i think it, it basically it basically makes sense to outsource or automate everything that isn't which is the, the crux of the analogy making the boat go faster and the two things that make the boat go faster are the hydrodynamics not the aerodynamics i must well i suppose that matters as well because there is air and may and the output of the engine so those are the two things really that you should be doing and everything else should either be software or people long term one of the big mistakes we see people do is they get really caught up and we we did this too get caught up in fiddling on with your website and you've got no customers that's the equivalent of worrying about 
whether your raft is made from pine or beech wood or whether it's got like or pallet what, what pallet yeah <laughs> what your pallet's made of and um how long the nails are that are dug into the pallet and all this while kind of sinking. stuff when, while you're sinking what you need to do is put on a life jacket quickly get someone to just make it float plug <coughs> the gap please help me make it float i'll be sat on the stern with a, a an oar Mm-hmm. <laughs> paddling along paddling the pallet yeah goodness me there we go i think that the, 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 i'm really struggling to communicate it but i think like the it's it's figuring out what those two things are in your business isn't it it's like where what where's the drag right which is obviously the the hydrodynamic dynamics of the boat where's the drag like what's stopping it from going faster so what are the things that happen a good example of this is like is one-to-one coaching right so people will build out this really thorough like when someone signs up i'm going to have a one-hour call with them and then i'm going to look at their, their food log every day and they're going to check in with me every day and i'm going to write them a new program every week and we're going to have a coaching call every monday one-to-one because that's what they think justifies the price and that's great until you get 20 of them yeah and then okay. suddenly well, it, it moves the ship forward, but what, what it's the equivalent of is you've got a single oar and you're sat there and you're paddling on one side and you <clears> paddle <throat> on the other and you, you're trying to do like this kayak maneuver. And yes, you can paddle really hard. And there so is I, don't think, I don't think it is like that. So the reason I'm saying it's like that is that when you then progress onto group coaching, you have a semi-automated mm. model. That's when you get a rudder that spins at the back. I see. And then that runs itself moves the the ship forward and then you can go and focus on building the ship so in my mind the analogy is like the (laughs) because it's important it's not important what everybody else learns from this it's important that you and i agree on the fundamentals of the analogy while we don't understand anything about boats so (laughs) i i see it as like the the things that are that happen in the business as it's sailing that stop it from going faster. That's all these systems. That's your coaching and your, your marketing and your sales. That's the engine. So everyone, like you try and make the marketing, the sales bigger, the, the engine bigger, but the boat just sinks or it just can't go faster because of the design of the boat. And Which so is applying like, drag. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if you, if you have something that is going to break when it's busy, like 20 clients suddenly like, oh, well, the boat is going to sink because all I'm doing now all week is messaging these 20 people and I don't have time to fix a hole in the boat. I don't have time to man the engine. The engine's going to break. It That's the that's the drag. And then the other, other side is obviously like if, you're, if you've got this really streamlined boat but you've just got a paddle, it doesn't really matter. It would have to be pretty streamlined to... To be able to make, to, up, get to make up for yeah. the fact that it's just a paddle, yeah, or a massive paddle, which some people do, and this this is the influencer effect. So someone who's got a hundred thousand followers, or you know, a Zach Ainsley type character, amazing um, physique, very good following, doesn't really need to worry about much else. Can just post something saying, "Hey, um, here's my recipe book." it's 20 quid post Mm. that to 1.5 million followers and that's the equivalent of having a so is that like having a really streamlined boat with a paddle or is it like having a really draggy boat but with a powerful engine that is like having um what that is is (laughs) so he's got a very streamlined boat anyway um, because he's, I imagine he's, he's selling a PDF, right? He's not going to call the, the 10,000 people who buy. That's true. He he has a team of guys. He has the Oxford rowing team rowing his boat for him. Now, very powerful, very quick, but runs out of steam. Yep. Whereas, <laughs> I, think I've, I think I've nailed it. So the... <laughs> so the problem, that's the problem with organic, right? Like even with a big audience, you run in, into this problem where you've got like one shot to promote it. So if it was us versus Zach and it's like, who can reach a million people? 
he'd reach a million people pretty quickly. We would eventually reach a million people, then we would pass him halfway to the goal. Because we just have the little engine chugging along. Or the and that engine. is the power, power of ads. Speaking of which, after we fully took the mick with that analogy, um, <laughs> we have a question from KP, who has asked, so this is KP Stronger Tomorrow, how much should you spend on your first Facebook ad and how long should you run it for? I've got no idea. <laughs> no. So, um, the, so I'm, always I'm always worried to answer questions like this because it's not, the answer you're looking for is probably not the answer that you need. So before you spend money on ads, I think it's pretty important to know a few things. One, what is like what is what is success? What are you laughing at? I, I was ready for you to bring the ship analogy back in. No, 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 no. Yeah, the, ship, the question is the ship, one, it's that set sail. <laughs> that ship has sunk. Um, the first thing is like, what does success look like? So, I think loads of people we speak to have run ads and say, "Oh, ads don't work for me." Um, and what actually has happened is they've spent money on like boosting a post on Instagram that did well organically to try and get more followers to their page. And we're like, oh, well, I didn't make any money back. It's like, well, obviously you didn't make any money back. Um, so the, the ads are a way to fill a, the ads are a way to get new people into a process that is designed to convert some of them into a customer, right? So ideally you would test it prior to running ads, right? Ideally you would have a process that you'd say, okay, well, I got 50 people in and five of them became customers. So, and they all kind of knew who I was. So it did convert really well, but maybe it converts, let's say it converts at 10%. I run ads to it, it might convert at 5%. So if I get 100 people in, then I could maybe expect five sales. Well, what's my program cost? Okay, if I work out what my program's cost, I'm gonna make five sales, then I would make this much money from 100 leads, which means if I, I know what I can spend to acquire a lead, right? So suddenly you've got this idea of, okay, I, I know what I'm looking for when I'm gonna turn these ads on. I'm looking for leads who meet a certain criteria to cost this much per lead, right? If you're not at that point yet, turning ads on probably is just gonna be a waste of money because people say, well, how much should I spend per lead? It, it, there is no answer to that question other than the answer of like what your funnel requires, what your marketing system requires. If you can spend 10 pounds a lead and you make 20 pounds a lead, it, and I tell you that the, it should be five pounds a lead, it's it's wrong, right? It's based on what your what your business can tolerate. So. You need to know what success looks like. And you, as I've said, you also probably need a process that you've tested before or something you've got a really strong, really strong conviction that it's gonna work. So maybe you've been taught it by a mentor or you've seen it run somewhere else and that's what you're running ads for. If you're in that position, then the, the process we teach is 10 pounds a day for 10 days. So 100 pound test. And in the fitness industry online, you would typically see a lead for, I mean, we see people get like 50p leads. You typically see leads for between between £1.50 to £4 usually. Um, so you get enough leads in that test to validate what you're doing, to validate an audience or an ad creative so you can then spend more money. So very long-winded answer, but I don't, I don't just want to say £10 a day for 10 days because without all that other stuff, it's still going to be a waste of money. It depends how much... Do you, how much can you afford to spend on a lead and yeah. how much will you make from them? I suppose it's like, how much weight should I lift in the gym? Well, it depends on how much you can recover from and how strong you are. Or like how much weight should I lose? Or how many calories should I eat? Like, like how relative are you, question. Yeah. Et cetera. How long have you yeah. got? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Fine. Well. And the size of the boat, of course. How how wide your raft is, and the yeah the depth of the paddle, and whether it's made from pine or oak. the size of the sea, yeah, all these all these <laughs> things matter. So, you've made it through another episode of <laughs> the God. Aquarian uh, Nautical Propane Podcast. Beef, and we beef. did beef. We did for, meditation. From now beef. on, um, I'm afraid the rest of the episodes of the podcast forever are going to be based around nautical analogies. So um, I hope you're strapped yeah. in. hope you've got your, your seatbelt on for, for the boat. Do you think if, you know, sometimes in like the River Tyne, they have like an old galleon there for the day. 
do you think you and I could, if we were given the day, there's no one else there, so no one's going to stop us, we're given the full day and all the time we need, as in, like, no one's going to say, like, you, I'm going to arrest you. We've got to try and get that galleon to the to the mouth of the Tyne. I think it would make an excellent video. And yeah, especially if we were only allowed to talk in pirate voices the whole time. <laughs> Just get a videographer, put him in a pirate hat, force him yeah. to, like, put, wear an eye patch. It, I, I like to think we'd manage, but it's with all these things, there's stuff that you just have no idea that's involved that's tremendously complex or Whoa, like a, a, knot we, a knot we'd have to tie. Or, Johnny, I'm I'm an expert in nautical sciences and boats and ships. <laughs> so you'd be the driver. Is that I'd what be you're the saying? driver, yeah. I, I've, I spent five years as the... Um, Doing the driver. As the driver of a, a tanker. Ahoy me, ahoy me hearties. Ahoy me hearties. I don't think we'd get it. I don't think we'd, it would move. I think we'd struggle. <laughs> but as you say, like, if anyone's listening from Netflix and you're looking for a new Netflix original and you want a one hour special. For the weirdest Netflix special that you could possibly produce, but I guarantee it would be entertaining. I pirate. That's what we're going to call it. Amazing. Okay, then. All right. If you have a question for us, you know, I couldn't get away with not not plugging the link in the description or the show notes of this podcast. Send us a voice message and you will be played. What what, what a what an amazing feature. What yeah. a, this could be your springboard to fame. You'll be played on this podcast for all to hear. I've got something to tell you. I, earlier today, so I was just thinking, like, wouldn't it be good if someone could just send us an email and we could just it, have it have it read out as them, right? Then we get around the embarrassment. Mm-hmm. I was like, God, imagine if software like that existed. And I thought, hang on a second. Software like that does exist. We have software that does that. The Earlier today, mm. <laughs> I was editing um, a YouTube ad, actually, that some of you may be about to see. And as I was editing it, so I like spoke it out. Some of you may have seen these ads that we have that are like sort of dancing uh, colors over text. And it said like, oh, um, I was copying some of the text into another one. It said, would you like to just have this read out? And I'm like, well, that's weird. It's going to sound like a robot voice. I was like, oh, no, no, you can just pick Yusuf's voice. So I picked Yusuf's voice and it read the entire thing as Yusuf. And other than the fact that it was a little bit like stilted, sounded just like you i'm scared now because that opens itself up to a lot of abuse they they make you sign a whole bunch of disclaimers and things <laughs> so well so here's the here's the send us a message 2.0 so if you don't want to read us <laughs> if you don't want to speak your, your message you can send your message in text form and one of us digitally will read it out not really us but the the computer AI version of us will read it out and you'll see what You I can mean. make a request actually. So they, there's other voice options. So there's Santa. And if you want, you can have your question read out in Santa's voice. We'll play some Christmas <coughs> music over the top. You can choose the emotion. So you can have happy, cheerful Santa, tearful Santa. I mean, it make for when a you weird... say they make you, buy, you sign a bunch of shit, is this like you mustn't use this for nefarious Ill- Ill- purposes? So, so honestly, this is the kind of thing that we should get Ben Harrison on the podcast to discuss because he is our friend who is Mr. Existential Risk. He is very deep down the rabbit hole of mm-hmm. AI being the thing that's going to sweep us all off the planet. And even things like deep fake and create synthesizing voice technology is going to get to the point where regular evidence in court is going to become inadmissible because you'll have a video of someone speaking with their voice and there'll be no way to verify whether it's actually happened or not. Well, and like all the news, everything that you see, everything that you believe to be true, most of it is because you saw it on your computer. So if that's suddenly like, well, is it real or not? Like is the news you're reading, is the the report you're seeing of the prime minister or the president or whatever, speaking is that fake 
is the the stuff you're hearing on the radio is that fake are all the videos you're seeing of events that are happening is that all fake but i had my first experience of it earlier today when fake yusuf read out the it the thing is what was quite nice was i could tell you could sort of hear the like the siri voice with the like the yusuf overlay and they like they overdid some of the words in the way that you pronounce them so like they they really like over over um overexposed some some words or some phrases and then you also said words in like the the americanized version mm-hmm. if that makes sense Interesting. But pretty damn close though considering i guess it's just like listen to you talk for a lot uh, uh, talk a, a lot and then it's created a an algorithm of like this is what yusuf sounds like when it would would you choose to set your Siri voice as you digitized? No. Yeah, I think I'd find it creepy. I don't know why. It's just, just gut reaction. No, that sounds that sounds bad. Yeah. <laughs> I don't customize my Siri voice. I just have it as. Uh, I have mine as like a South African man. <laughs> just to add a bit of humor in. Okay, your reminder is set for tomorrow at nine a.m. Tomorrow. <laughs> Good morning, Yusuf. You have sixteen events today in your calendar. What the hell are you doing, man? What are you doing? Get, get a new calendar. Stop it. Stop <laughs> using it as a to-do list. The um, Yusuf's ringtone is also the Pingu soundtrack. Yeah. My my life is just a bit of a joke, to be honest. Well, no, it, <laughs> I imagine like it's nice to take the edge off a situation that's not that pleasant. You know, if you get a Siri reminder and it's like a South African guy reading it, you're like, <laughs> and then you get a phone call and it's Pingu. Like, well, it could be worse. Like at least you yeah. get a bit of a chuckle out of it. It, it. it does it does make it hard to take things seriously, which is quite quite a good addition to the day. I've just after after muting myself and I cleared my throat, after like muting when there was background noise, being really careful with the microphone, in the process of scratching my head, I have just hit the microphone <laughs> at like RPE five. So or hopefully two or three people to veer <laughs> off the road. Hopefully that can be edit- edited out. Oh, I'm sure. Hope no, sh- hope no ships sink as a result. Yeah. Hope no boats crash. Any any boat pilots listening to this, just be careful. Yeah. Be- <laughs> <laughs> Me hearties. All right. It's been a pleasure. I'll speak to you soon. You said, which was like, if like people go on TV and they have sex and people watch it and they get over it. And people will get over it. <laughs> it's a normal part of being a human. Like, that's just, that is just summarizing social media and like reality TV. In There's a an amazing um, account called Influencers in the Wild. I've seen it. Have you? Yeah. Did you see this one? Shall I stop the podcast, by the way?